More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome in, everybody, to the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show, hour three on this Monday, January 9th. A uh, couple things we're going to be getting to this hour. We have Biden's visit to the border, which is certainly of significant interest. And we have a Speaker of the House. His name is Kevin McCarthy. But there were some concessions that were made for this. And I think, and I'm curious what any of you think as well, 800-282-2882, that the uh, holdouts on McCarthy got something out of this process uh it lasted a, a few days in fact why don't we oh we also have our friend tommy laren joining us who the white house specifically went anti-tommy on the uh facebook request right it was facebook or twitter facebook i right? think it was it was facebook and they went anti her they said you shouldn't be able to share this all she was doing was explaining why she was choosing not to get the covid shot which she's right. obviously been validated on but that's a straight opinion you know, you couldn't even share that opinion, according to the Biden White House. Well, this is where we see that the explanation for all all this, that it was just misinformation, just the truth, man. We're just protecting truth with our censorship on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Google, YouTube, TikTok, you name it. No, that's a lie. They're lying to you. It was making you comply it was orwellian 1984 style you have to agree with us or else agree with us on your own decision making on anyone else's decision making so i think that's that's noteworthy but this was kind of funny clay because you know we have the speaker battle is done and I, i've got to say i think you and i in retrospect handled this thing very well which was all right let them fight it out it's a couple days figure it out negotiate get what you can get it puts McCarthy on notice that the Freedom Caucus has expectations here. They got some things, which I'll get into in a second, but it's kind of funny because the media's favorite narrative of this, which in retrospect now just shows what a lack of context they have for all, or actually just how dishonest they are, was, oh my gosh, it was, it was horrifying that members of Congress were negotiating and talking and disagreeing and arguing. Like I, 
you know, for four days. This is like saying it's horrifying that the farmers are tilling the soil and planting the crops. Like, this is what they do. Here's Leslie Stahl over at CBS. Play 14. The historic chaos in the House of Representatives this past week embarrassed not only a party, but an entire nation. A small minority blocked the House from electing a leader or even swearing in its own members. Vote after vote, a would-be speaker could not bring himself to stand aside in favor of a colleague. I mean, I just want to know how many people will be weeping in the decades to come when they think back to the four days (laughs) that members of Congress were publicly negotiating over who would be the speaker for the next two years. Like, just think about how crazy the lib narrative is around this, Clay. Two things, Buck. One... They told all of us that elections taking a month to be counted, the, your votes being counted, is just how democracy works, and you shouldn't complain about it. Point one. Point two, the Leslie Stahl, I think that's who we just played, the Leslie Stahls of the world have spent years arguing that the Republicans need to fight to figure out what the party stands for internally and not just rubber stamp everything that Donald Trump demands. Well, isn't that exactly what we just saw? So when it actually happens, it's a stain on the nation, but you've actually been arguing that it has to happen for seven years. So I I, I think this is important for everybody out there listening to know. Buck and I can tell you, based on our experience, lots of people in media are very dumb. And you may not agree with what Buck and I say on a day-to-day basis, but if we had, let's say, a spelling bee or a uh, or a reading comprehension test and every member of the media had to take it, Buck and I would score really high in the media. I like, think we, we would, would be... smoke. I would say this comfortably. You and I, as a, as a duo in like a general knowledge, like trivial pursuit contest, smoke any two members of the mainstream live media. Uh, any that's two. a great... That is a great anybody who has certainly anybody who has a daily show. I would put you and I as a tandem at, up against any duo that they could put together that appears daily on radio or TV in the country. I I, I think we would. We definitely beat everybody. Leslie Stahl and whoever else at CBS they put with her. I can tell you that much. Well, there's a lot of people that if you put them out there. Ooh. You would never listen to anything they say again because yeah. you'd be without their staff. Remember, a lot of these people are operating that's why i make fun of the view so much because they probably have 50 producers behind the the scenes on the view trying to keep those people from looking like an idiot and they still manage to look like it they give them all the research they give them all the data they give them anything they could possibly need to talk for two minutes and not look like imbeciles and they still manage almost every day to look like imbeciles so the media narrative around this again because they are imbeciles was now, in retrospect, even more absurd, which was like, oh, my gosh, look what was happening. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. It's done. McCarthy's a speaker. Some of the concessions. Oh, I wanted to mention this. Some of the uh, concessions or the, I should say the agreements. Um, They're going to hold the vote on all 12 spending bills. They're going to pledge at the top line budget figure for domestic discretionary spending in 2024. Won't exceed what it was in 2022. The vacate the chair, which is effectively our version of the British parliamentary no confidence vote. 
I believe that also was was agreed to, went into place. There are some members of the Freedom Caucus on the Rules Committee now, and there'll be some changes that come as a result of that. Uh, so this kind of seems like what we would expect to happen, especially after a disappointing midterm and after people feel like there needed to be a little bit of a shakeup. It's not it's not game changer stuff, folks. No one's saying it is, but you know they're they're trying to get some things off on the right foot here. Marjorie Taylor Greene, no leftist chill. I think we could all agree on that, right? Marjorie Taylor Greene, a a certainly uh, solid MAGA right of center Republican. She's out there saying, look, you got to have some faith now in Kevin McCarthy. This is her words. Play 15. I came into Congress and, you know, uh, Kevin and I, we had some public confrontations or not necessarily confrontations, but said things about one Mm -hmm. another. But I did something that I wish more members of Congress would do. I started talking to Kevin McCarthy and I went and met with him and got to know him better and got to understand where he sees the conference going, what he sees our agenda and what we should do. And that's why I came around a lot sooner than 20 of my Freedom Caucus colleagues. But listen, here's the great news. I'm glad they came around this past week. So what you saw them do, learn to trust them and and have faith in the plan going forward. I was able to do that over the past year, but I hope more of my colleagues do that. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene saying, all right, let's give the guy a shot. He got a little bit of a shakeup. He got a little bit of a, of a, you know, we got eyes on you. And I think we need more in the, you know, sometimes you need to rattle the cage a little bit. There was that photo which went viral of Marjorie Taylor Greene passing her cell phone with Donald Trump on that she had saved in her phone as DT. Let me just say this, power move. I think by Marjorie Taylor Greene to save Donald Trump's phone number as DT uh, in her uh, in her phone. Do you see that picture where she was handing her phone, I think, to Rosendell? Like, hey, Donald Trump wants to talk to you he's, during this battle. He saved in my phone as great hair. <laughs> uh, and then uh, the, the other part of this that I think is going to be huge, Jim, we need to get Jim Jordan on to talk about this, Buck. But Jim Jordan's going to get to do – they're going to create a new uh, committee – and give it the same kind of resources as the January 6th investigation got. And they are going to conduct a full-throated investigation into the FBI, big government collusion, big tech, the rig job in 2020. And again, we got to keep echoing. We only have the House. So the Senate and the presidency are still in control of Democrats. But to me, the best thing that these guys can do in the House is create a record like we saw today in the Wall Street Journal. We opened up this show talking about, we're going to talk to Tommy about this in a moment, the White House COVID censorship machine is the headline in the Wall Street Journal. Create a record of all of this unconstitutional behavior by the Biden administration and provide it to what I hope is going to be a new attorney general in 24. Right. And now, while I've, you know, I try to be very... um you know, very fair-minded about the real ability of these investigations that Congress can have to move the needle one way or the other. And and I would say that while Benghazi, for example, I think ended up being, as an oversight exercise, uh, disappointing, and I knew it would be based upon the factors involved, getting accountability out of the State Department is like telling, you know, the DMV that they have to move at warp speed. Good luck with that one. Like, it's never going to happen. That all said, though, you and I, Clay, I think would both agree and have said on the show, if the New York Post story about Hunter Biden 
if that isn't suppressed, if that information gets out there, maybe we have a different result in 2020 in that election, right? We certainly can make that case, and I think it's a strong case to be made. Given that reality, looking at the vaccines, looking at uh, you know the collusion with big tech and and uh, suppression, looking at the FBI and the weaponization of the intelligence community, and getting that information out there could play a a pivotal and perhaps even a deciding role in 2024. So I don't want to discount that. It's just you got to get the goods right, and and you know part of the exercise is putting the bureaucracy in the case of say the FBI on notice. Um, they don't like their their uh, shortcomings and malfeasance to be put on public display so that's always a helpful thing but you could get something that comes out here that really shows people you cannot trust this biden regime with the federal apparatus you certainly couldn't trust them with public health and buck what these emails are showing and i think this is why there's so many of these emails the biden administration was convinced it was on the right side of history and I think this clown, uh, what's his name, Rob Flaherty, the White House Director of Digital Media, I think he was writing these emails thinking, literally as he was typing them out, I'm going to be the star of American history for all of the censorship that I'm doing. And I just want everybody out there to think about this. Because as we pointed out, and I think there's plenty of evidence now on this show, we're both history nerds. How often... Does someone who is trying to constrict, that is to limit our national discourse, end up on the right side of history? How often does that happen? How often does somebody who says, hey, you know what? I think we need to burn this book. Hey, I don't think that adults should be able to have this conversation. Hey, I think we need to restrict the dissemination of this story. How often do people who are arguing that end up on the right side of history? As long as we have a free republic... The answer is never, always on the wrong side of history. And that's why this clown, I think they got so drunk on their own power, Buck, that I think what was coming out is going to even blow our minds about just how aggressive they were being in trying to circumscribe our national discourse. I think a lot of the Fauci zealots thought that they would be shown to have been saving lives and that their enemies, so to speak, in this debate were reckless and and you know murdering grandma. I think a yep. lot of them actually believed that. They are morons, but they believed that and we're going to see exactly what that was now that we have some ability to get answers thanks to a Congress and and I think uh I think it's a, a a great a great start to things. It's not a national disgrace. Yeah, you know what Clay, people from from Japan to Bangladesh to to Brazil were just up at night weeping about the prospect of Kevin McCarthy having to wait four days to be Speaker of the House. I mean, it is national funny. disgrace. Yeah, French people weren't watching this saying, "Oh, the Americans, their country's falling apart." Like they don't care. The whole thing was ridiculous. But libs can't trust them. Weather during this time of year, my friends, can wreak havoc on one community after another. Forty inches of snow in one part of the country, rain and flooding in another. How do you prep your home for several days, if not longer, when you can't get out and you're homebound? You fortify your home with emergency food from My Patriot Supply. Do it right now. You'll save $200 on their three-month emergency food kit, which gives you a wide variety of delicious breakfast, lunches, dinners, drinks, and snacks, enough to feed one person for three whole months. 
You're not going to be stuck at home for that long, but you'd be surprised how many neighbors and family will ask what you have to share. And you can't lose when you save $200 per kid. Go to preparewithclayandbuck.com to grab this discount. Remember, you'll be eating tasty hot meals three times a day, including dessert. Get at least one kit for each person in your family so you will not run out. Don't be caught unprepared. It's just not smart. Go to preparewithclayandbuck.com. That website, again, is preparewithclayandbuck.com. Save $200 per three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Preparewithclayandbuck.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough, that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go, like, how do I detach from my this idea of, what do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We played a clip from Marjorie Taylor Greene earlier, Buck. And during the commercial break, I was just watching because she's uh, she's trending because her crew put up a uh, uh, 
like basically a video, a little kind of viral video snippet of her walking out of her office, and they used as the background music Dr. Dre, and people on the left are furious that 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 she would be using Dr. Dre. Um, and we were just kind of having fun. If you are around our own age, 90s rap is not... First of all, I think the 1990s have the greatest music of all time. If you think about the quality of rock music that came out, if you think about the quality of rap music, popular music, everything else, I don't know that any decade in modern history, you can probably say the 60s, but since the 60s, I think the 90s would be the best. And the variety of music coming out of the 90s, unparalleled in terms of its quality. But I think that the number of people who don't understand that Donald Trump voters, especially Donald Trump voters in their 30s and 40s, absolutely love 90s rap is just evidence of how little they understand us. And it doesn't surprise me that Marjorie Taylor Greene would use this, but the fact that they don't get it and they're overwhelmed and and furious that she did it makes me want to do it even more. Well, it really exploded on the scene, right? I mean, it was, uh, you know, hip-hop music, rap music wasn't nearly, you know, it, it wasn't the, anywhere near the genre that it became. It became a massive genre. I think hip-hop and country are the two most profitable um, I think that's right. genres right now of music in terms of radio station listens and, uh, and MP3 downloads. I think I'm right on that. I mean, we could find the data. iHeart would certainly have a good sense of that. But hip-hop and country do incredibly well. Um, but I remember when that stuff all exploded on the scene and it was, you know, y- you went to a, a house party from 1990 to 2000 and somebody was putting on either East Coast or West Coast rap at some part in the party. And uh, that's very, very, it's a throwback for those of us of that age group, for sure. A lot of those country uh, stars, I live in Nashville. I've gotten to know a bunch of them over the years and they even will intermix hip hop music with country music. In other words, there's lots of people out there who like country music and hip-hop. I don't think there's that many people who love hip-hop and also love country music who vote left-wing, right? But I think there's a lot of right-wing voters who love country music and hip-hop, a little bit of both. I I was a big fan of Tribe Called Quest and the Beastie Boys in that that period. Yeah. Were you an East Coast or a West Coast rap guy? I'm a New York City guy, so I obviously was all about that East Coast, yes. Yeah. I think I, I've always been a, a Snoop guy more than anything else. And the fact that he's still iconic. You know, he got Superstar. I think he got famous Buck at like 19 years old. Because he's still not even very old, Snoop, now when you think about it. i uh, got to tell you, we'll have uh, Tommy, Lahren, Tommy Lahren when we come back. But first, how about saving a buttload of money on your cell phone service this year? You can do that by switching to Pure Talk. You can also do it without compromising on quality They'll give you blazing fast data, talk tech, just 30 bucks a month, probably half of what you're paying to Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. Switching is easy, too. You can keep your phone and your number, and the whole process takes just a few minutes. But thanks to U.S.-based customer service, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it. No risk at all. You can keep your same phone number and your same phone. All you have to do is call Pound 250, say Clay and Buck, you'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the front lines of truth. Welcome back to Clay and Buck. As promised, our friend Tommy Laren joins us now. Her show, Tommy Laren is fearless on the Outkick Network, and she is a Fox News contributor as well. Tommy, always great to have you on. 
Oh, great to talk to you. I see that the White House, you were in the White House crosshairs a little bit, Tommy. What? First of all, what's that like? That's got to be a little bit of a bug out situation. And uh, what do you think about what we've learned? Well, hey, listen, am I shocked? No, absolutely not. I think all of us that were vocal about COVID policies, whether it was lockdowns or masks or vaccines or vaccine mandates, any of it, all of us that were vocal about it, we knew we were being censored. We knew we were being shadow banned on Facebook and Instagram, YouTube, Google. We still are. So I'm not surprised at all. But it's always nice to see that acknowledgement, that validation that they were, in fact, targeting me and, of course, Tucker Carlson, very worried about what we were saying back in April of 2021. So I can only imagine we've continued to be a thorn in their side. Tommy, thanks for coming on. And by the way, Tommy's show is killing it. Tommy Lahren is fearless. Uh, you can watch it on her Twitter account, at Tommy Lahren, if you're not following her already. How much validation and vindication do you feel over your decision not to get the COVID shot? Because you and I both didn't get the COVID shot, and there were a lot of people coming after us in April and May and June of 2021. You know what? I don't hear anybody coming after us now as we roll into 2023. Uh, when you see it now, it's not only that they tried to censor you right, it's that they tried to censor your opinion, and you were right. Nobody in their 20s or 30s should have ever gotten this shot, and certainly nobody younger than their 20s. Yeah, well, again, every day I think my lucky star is that I didn't get the vaccine. It never really crossed my mind to get the COVID vaccine, I'll be honest. I know you and I were kind of in the same boat with that. And so every day I'm happy that I didn't do it. But I will say this: what worries me most about this email from Biden's digital director to Facebook was what they wanted to censor, at least of mine, that they wanted reduced is the terminology they use, was me saying that I wouldn't personally get the vaccine. That's what they were so concerned about. Not me saying, hey, it's dangerous. Me saying it doesn't work. Me saying you might want to think twice about getting it. Here are the side effects. They were just concerned that I was telling my combined 9 million followers that I wasn't going to get it. So that's the extent and the level that they went to try to protect this COVID vaccine narrative. That should terrify all Americans. Tommy, you think, and we're speaking to Tommy Laren of Tommy Laren is Fearless on the Outkick Network. Uh, Tommy, any consequences, you think, at all? I mean, Clay brought up that these people should be fired, and then he looked at me and we agreed none of them will be fired, of course. No one in this White House, because they were doing biden's bidding and i think that comes across very clearly in the emails but do you think that there's anything that comes from this or do we just have to keep making the case about how if you have a first amendment and the regime in power keeps violating it do you really have a first amendment anymore well certain folks do not have a first amendment but i think and and clay you tweeted this the other day which i think is important we know now because of the twitter files and elon musk that things are getting shaken up over at twitter and we're getting a lot more transparency there and certainly a lot more information is flying loosely on twitter now but facebook instagram youtube google they have not copped to what elon musk has copped to with twitter so that's what's concerning because this was not twitter files that we got this was emails that were exposed because of that lawsuit filed by a coalition of states attorney generals about the biden administration colluding with big tech so what i want to see in clay you hinted this the other day i want to see oversight by this new house majority if we can do anything it's oversight and we need to be having these hearings not early in the morning or in the middle of the day we need primetime hearings where these executives are called to the carpet and we need to know why they were censoring material and in the case of facebook and instagram and youtube why they continue to do that very thing 
Yeah, and you know what? We've got a lot of people who work on those committees and also are the Congress people who will be on those committees. Tommy, I think you should testify because I think, one, you'd be a good witness, but two, they can legitimately now point to these emails and show that they were engaging in unconstitutional behavior. Because, again, I think this is important. You made a personal health decision. You, at the time, were a single woman. I think you want to have kids. There are a lot of single women out there that were saying, hey, I'm healthy. I'm not worried about COVID, but I am worried about what this could potentially do to my ability to have kids. And remember, this is important, too, I think. Initially, Tommy, I'm sure you remember when some people got the COVID shot, they said, oh, this is influencing my menstrual cycle. And everybody out there, the Dr. Fauci's of the world said, oh, there's no way this is happening. And then what did they say a few months later? Oh, wait, this is actually happening. I think we're just starting to learn many of the impacts on otherwise young and healthy people from these COVID shots, potentially up to and including what might be happening to young athletes, whether it's DeMar Hamlin or others. Yeah, and again, I never even crossed my mind to get the vaccine. I've always preferred the old things like diet and exercise, which is I always think is funny because there are people that will get five vaccines and wear two masks, but they would never hit the elliptical a day in their life. So that's an interesting point in and of itself. But yeah, the vaccine side effects are mounting, and I think we're going to get transparency. But what I wonder is, it's too little too late for a lot of people that either got it because they were told it was safe and effective, or they were coerced to get it because they wanted to keep their job. That's what's concerning. And so going back to this email, I actually wear it like a badge of honor that the Biden administration wanted to shut me up, that they thought that me saying I wasn't going to get the vaccine was so influential and so dangerous to their narrative. I take pride in that because if my voice and me saying what I said maybe cause a couple of people out there to maybe question it or maybe think twice about getting a few jabs, I'm proud of that. Maybe somebody won't have heart issues or sudden death thanks to my Instagram and my Facebook. So I'm proud of myself for that. Tommy, before we let you go, as you know, Biden found his way to the border. I mean, he does have quite a taxpayer-funded ferry service to get him there. You know, it's not that hard for him. But he did manage to get to the U.S.-Mexico border. He laid out in a speech last week what he plans to do about it. What do you think is going to happen now that Biden's actually pretending to care what's happening at the border? Absolutely nothing. If anything, we're just going to have more of a fast track for illegals to get into this country. I mean, it's five million plus so far. This is not an accident. This is by design. So him stumbling down there for his little photo op. Honestly, he should have just met with the cartels who he's funding. And that would have been a much more worthwhile use of this time. And it would have read much more genuine. But this trip was just so that they could say that he went. It's nothing more, nothing less. Nothing is going to change. We need again oversight by the house they're going to need to do something to get operational control of this border but beyond that i think we know this administration is going to do nothing now wait one more for you real quick tommy i know i said last one british royal family fascinating drama total waste of time you don't care I think it's a total waste of time just because, you know, I I watch Bravo. I I love reality television. But when it comes to the Royals, I think we won a pretty big war so that I wouldn't have to care what they're doing. But, boy, the the hole that they are digging themselves is just getting deeper and deeper with this Prince Harry, Meghan Markle thing every day. So if you enjoy that kind of thing, I'm sure it's fun for some people. I'm just going to stick to my housewives because they're probably more entertaining. Yeah, I do do enjoy it, Tommy. What do you think about Prince Harry – essentially giving up all of his masculinity, it seems, to decide that he was going to marry Meghan Markle. 
Where does this rank on just the all-time bad relationship decisions? I saw <laughs> this is actually um, – I saw our friend Miranda Devine share this statistic. Not that public opinion should dictate all of your decisions, but Prince Harry has gone from – 20 from 81% British approval in 2017 to 26% approval right now. That's even lower than Joe Biden. What do you think about this relationship? Well, how's the bank account doing? Because I think that that's what this is all for. I mean, they have to keep their names in the headlines, but he doesn't care if he sells out his entire family to do it. They've made a lot of money from Netflix and from other exclusive interviews that they've done. At this point, I think this is a money-making scheme. I think he could care less about being part of the royal family or being part of that. I think it's much more lucrative to be a glorified reality star, and I think they both know that. It's an arrangement to me is what it seems like. Tommy Laren is Fearless is the show on the Outkick Network. Go check it out, outkick.com. Tommy, thanks so much for hanging out. It's always good to chat with you. Thank you, guys. I'll talk to you soon. So listen, everybody, last year, because of you listening to this, the pro-life community, there were thousands of babies' lives saved because of donations made to the pre-born pregnancy clinics. Thank you to all of you who were able to do this. This year, our goal with Preborn is to rescue tens of thousands of babies' lives. Will you join us in this noble and godly mission? There's a whole lot of advocacy for abortions and abortion clinics these days. In the midst of all that darkness, there is a light that shines, and that's Preborn. This nonprofit organization has rescued over 200,000 babies from abortion, and every day, their clinics save 150 babies' lives. When a mother with an unplanned pregnancy sees her precious baby on ultrasound and hears that heartbeat, her baby's chance of survival doubles. Preborn receives no government funding, so their clinics are completely dependent on you and me, the pro-life community. Do something today. Live your beliefs. Make a donation. Just dial pound 250 on your cell phone and say the keyword baby. 100% of your donation will go to saving babies. One ultrasound is just $28. Get involved today. Dial pound 250, say baby, or donate securely online at preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. One truth revealed after another. Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show, closing up shop Monday edition of the program. You can always find the entire show, clayandbuck.com. You can also get out there and subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you never miss a minute. You can even, according to my wife, listen at double speed and uh, still pick up everything. That's what she does. Buck, tonight is the national championship in college football. Can you name one of the two teams that will be playing tonight? Um, my beloved Alabama Roll Tide. <laughs> no, there's a guess. They did not Damn make it. the playoff. Damn it, they didn't make the playoff. No, they finished fifth overall. Oh, wait, Only wait, the hold top on. Four teams made the playoff. My uh, beloved Ohio State, whatever they're called. Ohio State Buckeyes did make the playoff, but they lost uh, on New Year's Eve actually at the exact stroke of midnight so they are not in the uh they are not in the playoff these are good guesses though to be fair <laughs> you did get two of the top five teams uh in the uh in the play the final playoff rankings tonight it will be the georgia bulldogs um we got a big audience in georgia and you mentioned it earlier monster audience in texas i think we're actually number one in austin houston and San Antonio, and we're not on in Dallas, which is just, frankly, an utter I feel badly for the people of Dallas, Dallas honestly, but they they can listen on the on the iHeart app streaming That's right. or the podcast. I bet that one of our most downloaded cities is Dallas as a result because they can't listen to the show on regular radio in Dallas. So uh, that game is going on tonight. Should be a lot of fun. You sent me a link. Travel has been crazy. South, we didn't even talk about this because we were off air when it happened. Southwest Airlines basically just shut down. And Buck, you know, because I live in Nashville, I have almost always, if I'm flying out of Nashville, I'm on a Southwest Airlines flight because they can take you direct nonstop in a way that almost no other airline can even come close in Nashville. They basically shut down 
over the holiday season. My sister was stuck in Chicago for three days. I got close friends who were uh, friends and family who were directly involved. It's going to cost Southwest like a billion dollars. So travel has been bad. It would have gotten far worse if this situation had been allowed. You've got the details, but the rough approximation here is a woman tried to board a flight in Tampa saying that a boa constrictor she was traveling with was her emotional support animal. First of all, I wouldn't, if I were her traveling in Tampa, trying to bring on a four foot long boa constrictor onto a commercial airline flight, when caught by the x ray because this was in her bag, I wouldn't have gone with the emotional support pet angle. I would have said, Oh, I'm sorry. I thought this was Florida. You know what I mean? <laughs> the free state of. I, th- I thought freedom existed in Florida, everybody. So, so the emotional support animal thing is, like, people usually bring dogs on, and it's been defined very expansively. People abuse I saw somebody- yes. this, this, this loophole a lot. I mean, we talked about the mini horses, the peacocks. If you were sitting next to someone... And they had a boa constrictor. Like, do you wear it on yourself, or did they just? Can you? I would assume you could carry on. Can you carry on a snake? That's what she tried to do. She had in her no, carry-on no, in, bag. In her carry-on bag, does that mean that it wasn't restrained? Like, if you wanted, you know, you you see those little, um, uh, little you know, dog or cat carriers. If you had a snake in a little dog or cat carrier, is that permissible? You know what I'm talking about? Like, you yeah, would not you mean, know if, what animal. If it were in, in like a, a reptile, enclo- a mobile reptile enclosure, would that be acceptable? First of all, it would I not be know. acceptable to me if I was the seatmate of this person. Oh, but I mean, that- I'm thinking like if she tried to just wear it around her neck like Jake the Snake Roberts back in the day, I would, I think I would, it's rare that I would lose it on an airplane. If there was someone with a boa constrictor out, like able to move around, I would be all incredibly right. uncomfortable. We never lie to this audience, Clay. We never lie to them. Did you sit through Snakes on a Plane? I've never watched it. Ah, did you? No. Did you watch it? I, I, I Actually, now I feel like I should go check out some of it. I did watch a little bit of Sharknado when that came out. Oh, I've watched Sharknado, the original Sharknado. Yes, oh, the original Sharknado, far superior what, to one the One of the knockoffs. great disappointments of my life, and I hate to have to admit this, is at the Super Bowl 2020, San Francisco 49ers are playing against Kansas City Chiefs. That was a Fox Super Bowl. At the Fox Sports Hotel Bar, not a very big bar, Ian Ziering was there. That is Steve from 90210 uh, and obviously the star of Sharknado, which is why this came up. I never knew he was there. No one told me. I was at the same bar. There's only 40 people in the bar. And somebody was like, the next morning, they were like, hey, I was surprised you didn't go talk to uh, Steve Sanders from 90210, a.k.a. Ian Ziering. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, they said he was right there at the bar standing a few feet from you. And I said, you knew this and you just assumed that I was ignoring him like I was big timing him. I would have I, I, I'm still in disbelief that that our team did not notify me that I was that close to him. I think you'll be able to get past this one. I think this, I'm not sure. it's, uh, great, how many, it's a great. How many people great, in this audience? Watch 90210. A lot of 90s, by the way. Almost 100% have seen a 90210 episode I, at some I point. Can't, I can't let this go without our friend Brian, who is a subscriber at claynbuck.com, writes, Clay, you're insane. 
90s music was the not the best decade of music. Um, and spoiler alert, the 80s curb stomped the 90s when it comes to music. So I disagree. And it's a great debate. But the 80s did not have that much variety. If you were like a hair metal music fan, rock music fan, I, I don't disagree. But if you were a fan of the entire scope of the musical experience, 90s were far better. Wow. Better I mean, variety. You know at Clay Travis on Twitter, especially for all the boomers out there who are saying, "Yeah, what about the Rolling Stones? What about Jimi Hendrix? What?" I'm just I, I a lot gave of folks a shout right out now. to the 1960s and said, "Since the 60s, although I would argue the 90s had a more diverse panoply panoply Dave, of I, options." Clay, I still listen to Dave Matthews all the time, and I'm not afraid to say it out loud. So I'm all about the 90s. You know, that people love to hate on Dave that doesn't Matthews. Surprise me at all. Dave Matthews yeah. very popular, I would imagine, with this crowd. Yeah, love Dave Matthews. Not his politics, though. More than a movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. The warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.